0: the unbelievable podcast i am bj rydell back here with my guy drew mahold and today well vikings training camp has started officially we're about a week into it and all hell is broken loose so uh drew and i will be spending plenty of time going over the recent vaccine developments with you here uh we'll be kind of towing the line on that touchy subject of course uh but it has had a pretty significant impact on the vikings organization specifically saturday night's uh you know, night practice, which is, you know, if you've ever been to training camp before, huge piece of training camp for the Vikings. So uh, we'll be talking on the COVID quarterback, every situation all the new guys that are coming in here. We got Sam Etling, Case Cookis, and Jackson Erdman as well, who Drew's a big fan of. Um and we'll touch on some other stuff here that's going on just throughout the Vikings Vikings training camp. Uh it would be a lot more noteworthy, but BC Johnson, of course, tore his ACL, but with everything going on with Mike Zimmer and uh the team with the vaccination. That's kind of been brushed to the side. So we'll touch on that a bit. Uh Dakota Dozier is still your starter. Uh so we'll we'll have to will have some words on that. And then Ali Udo also checking in a little bit and getting more uh, treatment towards that n- a number one spot maybe at right guard and potentially a left tackle as of today. Um Wyatt Davis will check in with him and there's a couple other, you know, minor things here that we'll uh, have to touch on at some point. So uh that's the game plan for today's show. Uh, but of course, like I said, we'll uh we'll be focusing more on the quarterback situation and kind of what this vaccine and the polarization of the vaccine itself is doing to the Vikings right now.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting uh, because you have on one hand, you know, it, it's just I think the way the NFL has hammered down their um, protocols, uh, you know, for people that are vaccinated and not vaccinated. That's kind of the main reason, I think, for everything. Um, I think right. that's why Zim has come out so aggressively about this. Uh, when he speaks to the media, and he's, I don't think it's anything to do with him. I mean, I think he is, you know, obviously for the vaccine in general, for like the general population, but I think mm-hmm. he's simply, I think his real mindset is I want to win. I want to have the best chance to win. Mm-hmm. And the way that these protocols are set up, the way the punishment is set up, if you are not vaccinated is that it hurts my chances to win. And so that, I think that's quite simply the only thing that he has in mind right now. Um, and that's why And if you look at it, uh, I mean, last year the Steelers season was derailed because they essentially didn't get a bye week Uh, I mean, there's plenty of examples last year. I think the Broncos may have lost a game basically because of starting they had a wide receiver starting a quarterback. And that's essentially what would have happened to the Vikings if this had happened during the season. So there's, um, there's, I mean, that's just a, a fraction of the reasons to, um, you know, in terms of the football reasons to to do this. And I think that's what Zimmer's going after here. Um, that's the, you know, he's talking about his football team having the best chance to win. And with the way these rules are set up, that's, you know, you, you eliminate all those risks by, by getting it. So I think that's what he's mostly upset about. And um, I don't know if there's, you know, in terms of the tension or the, you know, whatever the case may be moving forward. I'm not sure about that part yet. But it seems like he's he and then also we should note, the Vikings, you know social media accounts are both very clearly uh, yeah. kind of trying to make that suggestion to the players that maybe are against it as of now.
0: Okay, so a couple things, first and foremost. I sort of said this at the top of the show, but of course, this is a polarizing conversation just inherently, right? Uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus has been politicized uh, to the point where a lot of people are very separated on this issue, and it's it's a very personal issue to a lot of people. Um, I just want to point out right away. Drew and I are not here to politicize COVID-19. We are not here to talk about it in that way, but this has become a, it's it's affecting the Vikings organization in such a way that we do have to talk about this, unfortunately. Now, right and wrong. I'm not here to say that I'm not going to argue freedom of choice. I'm not going to argue whether or not you should or should not get the vaccine. I'm not here to do that today. Myself, I'm vaccinated. That's where I'm at. You guys, that's as far as I'll go on that. As far as it relates to, the Minnesota Vikings organization. I like the way that drew set this entire conversation up. This is coming from the league down. So the league set the rules. So if you're going to be pissed at someone be pissed at the NFL, because Mike Zimmer, in my opinion, and it sounds like in Drew's opinion as well is basically hammering in. We got to follow the rules. Like this is going to give us, if we follow the rules, we have the best opportunity to win. Now, Mike Zimmer has also made some other suggestions that, like you said, he would love to see the entire country get vaccinated. That's not what we're talking about here today. What we're talking about here is how this vaccination and the way that, you know, players are a a very high percentage of players, not just, you know, regular individuals, players, athletes are against this vaccination and how that is affecting the ability for the Vikings to win this season. That in my opinion is seems to be the greater concern as it relates to how the Vikings are approaching the situation. No one wants to be the guy to be like, you can't, you don't have the right to choose. No one wants to have that fight. We're not here to do that. But the way that the NFL has cracked down on COVID-19, the way that they have set it up, you guys have all read the rules and that you probably have been to some degree outraged by the rules because they are cutting back on your freedom. I mean, they,
1: they are extreme to me. I mean, they straight up like as as a vaccinated
0: human being, I still see these rules as extreme. Now, the important piece here, and this is the point that no one likes to that everyone likes to avoid, is this is a private industry. They can do whatever the hell they want. You don't get to decide this. This is not a this is not a hindrance of rights or freedoms. This is, hey, we're private. We're gonna make this decision for all of us. You either follow the rules or you get out. That's the situation that these players have to deal with. Is that unfair? That's for everyone else to decide. That's not for me. But that the way that these rules are set up is that if your team is 98% vacuum, vaccinated, which I believe the Buccaneers just said the other day Bruce Arians came out and said they're 92% vaccinated hoping to get even higher. You have a significantly better chance straight up objectively speaking of winning the Super Bowl this year because your players are not going to be taken out by these new roles that are being employed by COVID. So, above all else, The Vikings are straight up just concerned that their players are going to have to miss time as a result of Mm COVID-19. If you test test positive for it, you have to quarantine for longer. You know, there's significant changes, and especially at the quarterback position, which is where the heightened focus is now because it just happened to Kirk Cousins, Kellen Mond, Nate Stanley, and you're stuck with just Jake Browning who has to throw every single freaking pass at the greatest show for training camp. It's a bad look. No one, the Vikings don't want that look and they definitely don't want that to bleed into the season because what if Jake Browning has to start week one, what if this situation happened, you know, what, three weeks from now, that's a huge, huge problem for Mike Zimmer and his ability to coach this team to a winning Mm -hmm. Sunday.
1: Well, that's, that's my concern as a fan, you know, Uh, I I mean, leaving the uh, politicized part of it you know, out as best as we can. But like, the last thing I want is for, well, Kirk or any of the, you know, so-called, you know, the most important, most valuable players on this team to have to miss time. And, uh, for something that, you know, in theory you can take care of in a matter of a few minutes. Right. So, um, I think, and that's, um, and again, the, the difference in those protocols, uh, vaccinated, unvaccinated, and then the punishment's handed down for a team that, um, has a an outbreak and the result of that is uh, you know you could be having a forfeited game um so nfl is sending a pretty strong message there and mike zimmer is simply echoing that message um and saying the exact same thing to the media essentially nfl is is stating to its personnel by uh sending those down so end of the day um you know i just that's my stance is i just want the vikings not to deal with this midseason. if everything goes fine and you know their vikings don't you know, star players don't miss a game for COVID. There's no COVID related issues. Perfect. Um, Just the way to way to get there. There's, there's one way to do that a little bit easier than another way and a little less scary as well.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, this is a different situation than the one, for example, that's going on in Washington right now where, you know, Ron Rivera is just generally scared for his life. It's completely different in a situation in Minnesota. Mike Zimmer is frustrated because he can't coach the football team to the best of his ability, which, granted you know i i'm also on the side of ron rivera but that's not here that's neither here nor there this right. is a situation for the vikings where it's like it's not necessarily even that Kirk cousins is the best player but he is definitely 100 percent objectively speaking the most important player that is going to trot onto the field on sundays if you do not have him your entire offensive game plan goes out the window entire the entire thing so if let's say he tests positive on a Thursday. League rules. He's out two for games. probably two games, right? So that means that in three days, you've got to prep Kellen Mond, who, by all accounts, probably not ready to start in the NFL.
1: But but it's not even just that though. It's like the like has it has taken place here. It's the whole QB room, you know, right. because of the close contact and all that. But for this is
0: best case scenario is Kellen it's, Mond, right. and then it could be Nate Stanley. It's looking like it's probably going to be Jake Browning. I think it could be Case Cookus. Spot. Exactly. Which is <laughs> this is this is how hilarious this has gotten. Thank God this didn't happen the regular season because it could be Sam Etling was just claimed off waivers from Sea C- the Seahawks today. Uh, Case Cooks, who was brought in yesterday and then Jackson Erdman, I believe was either brought in. On he a is not signed. I,
1: I don't think they're going to end up signing. That's the St. John's kid that yeah.
0: Drew is familiar with. So this is how ridiculous it's gotten. You just need bodies at this point. And
1: at the most important position, at the most sport. important
0: position, the, t- the position that is in theory, helping, the wide receivers, running backs, offensive line, tight ends—basically
1: everything on offense.
0: Off, uh, yeah, the entire offense get better as well. And your guy is gone. That's—I uh, understand the frustration. I think it's very fair for Mike Zimmer to be outraged. Has he gone? Has he gone too far? Is a fair question. Well, because here's the
1: thing, and I think this is another thing from Zimmer's perspective. Then maybe this can kind of cap this this conversation, but. I mean, we've talked about this too. His job is probably on the line this year, right? Um, where the Vikings have kind of put all these one-year deals in with these free agent signings. Um, a lot of guys have contract years here on this team. Uh, this could, maybe this could be a in a way a contract year for Zimmer too. Where if the Vikings underperform, he's gone. They're going to start over, and it would crush me and crush him certainly to have something like this, you know, happen once or twice during the season or it cost the Vikings a couple games. And that's can be the difference from a playoff run to sitting at home in January watching the playoffs. And I think that's what he is most concerned about is this, that it's that's like for him and nothing else matters besides winning football games. Uh, he wants to win obviously for himself and his job, but also like he just he wants to win a championship straight up. That's us, just right? what he wants to do. He's got the the heart, and the passion. He wanted to coach with a, a single eye um against the Cowboys when his other eye was surgically repaired a day ago or whatever it was against the in that dallas thing Uh, he's very clearly a dedicated when it comes to winning and i think in a way he's almost questioning that about his players because they won't do this so it's it's all about winning for him he wants to get that done and he also wants his job to be safe and in a way he sees this as a jeopardizing the chance to win b jeopardizing his job security for the next 12 months
0: so then the question becomes is he going too far which that's gonna be subjective and I don't think either of us is gonna answer this the same way that someone else is gonna answer this. But you know, when you think about those two things just from an objective standpoint, the guy wants to keep his career. He likes his career. He really likes his job. Yeah. He really likes his players. I think he's said it on a number of occasions that he would like to do this until literally he dies. So
1: he cannot uh, physically cannot anymore. <laughs> like
0: Yeah, he can't do any more for Minnesota than he has. So I understand the frustration. I don't think he's going too far because I understand how outrageous this may appear to him. Right. And again, you know,
1: it, it's like he said too. it was like, he said something about, you know, the things that these players read or whatever. And, um, but then at the end, he kind of prefaced that with like, I mean, it's, it's their beliefs, you know, like he's, he's trying to, he has to walk that line of not right. infringing on beliefs of players while also trying to win. And so he sees this as a way, he sees this as making it more difficult for him to do his job uh but it's you know it's that thing where you know freedom of speech freedom of choice freedom of religion like it's all there and you know you have to respect that so um i think i mean he is being very vocal almost too i mean and, and that's where the the question is if it's, if it's too vocal and too upfront about it but right. at the end of the day he also has the freedom of choice freedom of speech right. to, to give his opinion on something um and so we have to respect that too so i don't know it's just it's always something with this stupid franchise isn't it
0: it, it really is. I mean, it's just, it's a frustrating situation because even as people who are just trying to talk about it, we're trying to, you know, be careful yeah. and to walk that line and be respectful. Like that's our goal too. But like, I can't imagine it being in Mike Zimmer's shoes where it's like, you're not just only, are trying to respect your players. You're trying to respect an entire state where outside of the immediate twin cities, like it becomes very polarizing. This entire subject does. So like, this is dangerous. Like I, I don't envy the position that Mike Zimmer is in trying to settle the waters. To think on of this. Zimmer, he
1: doesn't give, he doesn't care. Thank God. Right. Like the, you know, what any particular Vikings fan, myself, you, anybody cares about, no, he he'll do it. I mean, obviously he knows the fans love the team and want the team to win. That's about all he cares about, you know, after that doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> and, and thank God for that. Because if he had any insight to this outside storm, that's going on, like it's just, I don't know, man. This is crazy. It's a crazy time to be alive, and the quarterback situation is going to be fluid. It seems like for at least the next week or so, and we'll kind of figure out after that. But, like, I mean, there's some guys in here that basically had no business being – this is the positive, right? Guys like Case Cook and Sam Etling, they had no business getting first, second, third team reps on a training camp squad this year. They're going to get ample opportunity to put stuff on tape for, you know, maybe hook on with the Vikings long term or – you know, stay yeah, with and the, it. Find it another also goes team or something
1: to show like the opportunities that are possibly available to someone, you know, a fringe roster player that needs a team yeah, or exactly. uh, whatever, if you are vaccinated and vice versa, you know, if you're I think Jake player, Browning
0: won a roster spot by being vaccinated when he needed to be vaccinated. Seriously. I mean, it's, I believe yeah. that. And we'll mm-hmm. see come September, but I think that he is QB three because he's vaccinated. Kirk Cousins, you can't cut. Kellen Mond, you can't cut. Why would you keep Nate Stanley? right now like right now just honestly speaking who's on the field who's not like who makes sense it's jake browning i think he won it by getting a shot so
1: he also apparently i mean i didn't get to watch much of that practice i wasn't there but it sounds like he did really well too given the circumstances so he took
0: advantage of the opportunity too that's a that's an important point as well all right so let's uh let's get off covid for a little bit here and talk about uh just straight football um which i think we all prefer anyways uh D.C. Johnson is officially out for the 2021 That sucks NFL for him. Campaign. Really sucks. Be- given kind of what we, you know, the narrative that we drew up last episode with the wide receiver three, D.D. Uh, Westbrook probably in line to be that guy, as we said. Uh, at this point, we don't have any, have any confirmation there, so I don't even believe he's been on the field, much outside of just kind of doing basic workouts and uh, getting up to speed. Uh, but you got K.J. Osborne now, who is now fighting for a spot. Uh, B.C. Johnson will, of course, be on the roster to start next year, but he's missing an ample opportunity here to compete with D.D. Westbrook, K.J. Osborne. Seems like uh, Smith-Marset is also having a nice camp to start as well. Uh, this is a big loss for him. This sucks. Like, I mean, it does. there's, there's no way around it. This just straight sucks. It's the worst part of football, getting hurt mm-hmm. when you have an opportunity.
1: Well, the, the this is the type of injury that for a guy in his spot, you know, having kind of you right. know, contributed to two seasons in a row here where – um and i mean he was what 7th round pick so i think in a way he's he certainly has exceeded expectations in terms of uh the production and contributing to an offense that has been successful in the past couple of years but uh he's still kind of a what third fourth fifth string receiver probably um on this team and this is the type of injury that can derail your entire career um which it sounds terrible uh to say that but you got, the, the league is very fast moving. There's guys below him in the depth chart, Smith-Marset. Uh, I think they brought DD in to kind of already sort of damper the, you know, the the hopes he had maybe this year. Um, and so, and then, you know, it sounds like KJ Osborne made a couple of splash plays too, actually, uh, on that night practice. So there's like, things change quickly enough to where a couple guys emerge maybe, and suddenly tr- camp comes around next year and BC is number six guy, odd man out looking in as camp begins you know i mean it, it changes that quickly so um that sucks for him really does because this was sort of an opportunity he had to step up uh maybe even prove himself in camp hey i'm actually better than Didi. you know things like that were still a possibility um but now it's you know he's kind of at the mercy of other players on his team and the other surroundings that you know maybe i'm not on the roster uh, next year
0: the hope, of course, is that he comes back completely healthy. He's even better than right. he was before, et cetera, et cetera. Et right.
1: And I didn't even mention that, like the fact that he has got to recover well and still be able right. to right. cut and run and jump and catch footballs. <laughs>
0: like, what I was going to say is there's a very real possibility that this is the last headline that B.C. Johnson ever makes. Because, like you said, seventh round pick. He doesn't have the pedigree, but he's kept himself in the league by playing good special teams and being you know, available when necessary and making a few, a few nice plays along the lines. Uh, but this could be it. And that's that sucks because there, he has no control. His body just his body mm-hmm. failed him. He, I don't think he could do more. And that it sucks. The positive being that I hope it this seems isn't like the Vikings last we of him. I hope, I hope it's not either. Last. For on a personal level, that sucks. I hope I, I hope that's true. Uh, from a team standpoint, it seems like the Vikings are able to recover from this one. Being that BC was a guy who had the potential to slide in at that three spot or maybe take away steps from Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson for rest purposes at that X or Y. Uh, or extra Z I should say. Uh, But I don't think anyone was expecting much out of BC this year. You can replace that production um, in theory, if one of these other guys steps up and you've been hearing good things about, uh, you know, Smith Marset specifically is who I see a lot of Uh, KJ Osborne has come on strong is apparently more than a punt returner. Um, I didn't even know that about him. It's nice to see that he's playing better at the wide receiver spot because TD Westbrook is opening up the, the door for these guys as well right now by just simply not being ready to go or ready enough to go to the mm-hmm. coach's liking, I suppose. So, uh, interesting spot. Sucks to lose BC there, but it seems like the Vikings are ready uh, to recover this time. This is, this is why you have depth. This time you actually have a guy to replace a guy. So, good thing for the Vikings to some degree, I suppose. Uh, next piece here, Dakota Dozier, who we talked about in brief last uh, two weeks ago, I think. Uh, you know, I think we all kind of expected that he would enter camp as the starting right guard just because he was the incumbent, but I think that's most how things of
1: work us, for the Vikings, yeah.
0: Because that's, yeah, that's how things work for the Vikings, but I think a lot of us also thought that by, you know, week two ish, we'd be starting to see someone overtake him or competing with that spot. There's been no news of that. It seems like as of now, week one, it's going to be Dakota Go- Dozier at guard or right guard, I should say, specifically. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm disappointed to some degree. I'm disappointed to some degree in Wyatt Davis, who is not, you know, this kind of blends in with it, but he's kind of getting the rookie treatment as well, being moved around the offensive line and getting snaps at center and guard, um, which we all hate. But it seems like the Vikings like to blend their offensive linemen and make sure they understand what it looks like from each position, which I can understand to a degree. Uh, But Davis basically is making zero headway, and that has opened the door for Dozier to be the week one guy. And I mean, it's August 2nd right now, as if it's recording. Um, I'm pretty confident that nothing's going to change based off of just kind of Mike Zimmer's strategy in the past. Uh, the, yeah, I mean it's it's early, the playbook, um, etc. I don't know if anything can change. I don't think there's time, even though it is early.
1: It's early. Um, I I know that this was kind of a hot topic all pretty much all of last season was 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 Dozier starting, and you know it's not uncommon, right, to have. I mean it seems like it's a popular thing every single year, really, where some Vikings offensive lineman is is starting or getting all the the snaps with the first team during the season. And um, you know it seems like there's to be another guy getting that chance. I know Brett Jones has been a popular guy the last couple of years. Like, Hey, why isn't he playing? Why isn't he playing over this guy over Dozier, or whoever it may be. Um, but it's like, it's, it's interesting that, you know, he like, like it says so Dozier white Udo is also getting guard reps. Mm-hmm. Mason Cole, they brought in. Um, and then, you know, of course, Wyatt Davis, but it is, it's just, it's stunning. And I, I, I hope Davis gets more of a shot than this. And I, again, I'm not in the room. I'm not, I'm not in the offensive line room. I'm not seeing the practices, so I don't know, but I don't know why Davis signed injury issues. Maybe that's part of the deal is availability is, as we know, is a big deal. Too. So again, um, like I
0: hate to bring it up, but it could very well be the COVID thing. So
1: it's just, it's frustrating, and I get it. But you know, it's that and Drew. And me are both uh, they're still getting their reps, and they're still going to be hanging around. It, uh, we might have to accept that.
0: So Ali Udo, you brought him up. Uh, that's kind of a, a training camp uh, highlight, to a degree, I suppose. And you know, the Vikings kicked off training camp. I believe it was Rick Spielman who actually said it uh, that Udo has done enough to earn himself the right to be considered part of the competition at the right guard spot. Uh, so that's where he started training camp. Now, just before we hopped on this recording, it was released that Udo is taking snaps at left tackle. Now, if you remember, Christian Derisaw still is not practicing, um, so someone's got to fill in there. Uh, But now we're seeing Udo kind of moved around the line a little bit. This seems kind of like a feel-good training camp story. With all the kind of the negative energy that's going on around, uh, this is a guy who has worked his tail off to go from a practice squad guy to a maybe be on the 53-run roster to he's at a point now where it's maybe he might be a starter, um, you know, it's not. This is this is true progression, right? This is development. This is something that you want to see from the Vikings offensive line staff. Uh, if this is a, if this story works out, if Udo becomes a starter and a capable starter at that, not a Drew Samia type starter, right? Uh, this is a big story for the Vikings offensive line coaches and the staff and right. Uh, I love the teams that too. The organization's I hope that that ability happens. to develop. Yeah,
1: I hope that that happens. That'd be really cool. Um, so I'm rooting for that uh, to take place. And you know, again, I think. Well, her learn some more. It sounds like he also is moving all over the offensive line too, playing every, basically every position besides center. So, which is, uh, I know the Vikings have valued that and maybe even to a fault. They valued that where they get guys that can, they can plug in at any position, but they're not any good at any position, you know, but, um, we'll see how that works out here. And, you know, with, uh, Darisau still hurt, he's getting left tackle reps now. And then, um, yeah, it's just, I just, a lot of camp left, Pre games to watch left, uh, so things can change, but it looks like he's a guy that the Vikings really like.
0: So the last other piece of news here is that Jeff Gladney still isn't practicing. We got a bit of an update on kind of what's going on there. It was not a positive update. Doesn't seem like he's gonna be back anytime soon. So if you want to read more on that, feel free to engage yourself. But that's not I mean, that's not really these, for us other than the I mean, fact that he's not if here. these
1: if these charges are true, like I mean it seems sounds like up. things are very him under the he doesn't need deal. to be on right. the roster, in my opinion. So I'm with you there um, as well. I mean, um, it sucks because you waste the first rounder on the guy, but you know that's a. Uh, I don't know if that's on the Vikings for not doing the homework, or if it's just. Uh, I mean, ultimately, it's on Jeff Gladney. But <laughs> um, you know, there's uh, that's unfortunate for us fans who are trying to get excited about a guy that I'm sure Zimmer liked too, knowing that the way he what, played in college and things like that. But mm-hmm. if that's the way, if that's uh, behaviors are true, then yeah, I don't need to see him on the football field.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. And I think most of the Vikings fan base, if not all of us are with you on that as well. Uh, but anything else that t- caught your eye? Um, I know Adam Thielen and of course, and Justin Jefferson, it's, they've done a lot of eye catching stuff, but it's kind of par for the course. We sort of expected out of those two specifically. Uh, anyone else that for you has been particularly intriguing or maybe Outperforming or underperforming relative to your expectation, um, you know. Well, I just plus I've
1: in what I've seen, it's it's the routine. Daniel Hunter making a splash play. Yeah, uh, doesn't seem like he's lost a step even after a year of uh, absence. So it's good to see that. I'm still trying to catch a little bit more of that kind of battle beside or opposite Hunter for that defensive end spot. Looks like Juan has made a couple of plays, but um, that'll be another one I'll be following here
0: thought so um the running back right the the running back who i butchered his last name last week i still uh, don't know how to say it i think it's wangu i think that's the right way to say it again if someone wants to correct me please do if i'm saying it wrong i would love to say the guy's name correctly um he's been extremely impressive from the you know the media sources that i've seen i know ben lieber just shouted him out uh earlier today uh I have heard right from the start. I mean, I remember Jordan Reed saying he really liked that pick in the later rounds. This could be, you know, a very solid backup to Dalvin cook and Alexander Madison. we know the Vikings like to keep three running backs. We know that Mike Boone is gone. Uh, looks like he's earning that spot. The other piece that I wanted to touch on. So with Jeff Gladney gone, that cornerback situation is, or I shouldn't say gone, but we're, I'm going to work under the knowledge that Jeff Gladney's going to be gone. Okay. Um, the quarterback the cornerback situation becomes a little bit more interesting than it already was. We I think we all know that Patrick Peterson's going to be the guy, the number 1 guy. Uh he seems to have solidified that so far through camp, uh playing that position and playing it efficiently against, you know, two very good wide receivers um in Thielen and Jefferson. Behind him is what gets interesting. I've seen highlights from Mac- Mackenzie Alexander that made him look it seems like, like he's McKenzie's having, having a great camp. A very
1: very good camp, yeah.
0: And Bashad early on, but no pads on yet, bit.
1: but that's that's promising.
0: Right. Um, You liked what you've seen so far from Breland to a degree. Uh, That's a nice point that you bring up too. that. There's no pads yet too. So uh, to a degree, we can't even evaluate the performance of a lot of these guys because they don't even have that on. Uh, But I think that it's been funny to see Cam Dantzler has been on all the highlight videos with Justin Jefferson. So it looks like he's having maybe a not so great camp, but Hmm. I'm curious. I want to see more. Also, he's going up
1: against Justin Jefferson. That's my so, point. I, mean, I want to see
0: more. I want to see more from Cam Dancer before I've just you know, swung one way or the other. But uh, he's really the only one that I've been like kind of disappointed in the media that I have seen. Now, granted, I have not been at training camp. Drew has not been at training camp. We don't have his eyes on every little detail. But um, that's one thing to keep in mind is that that cornerback, room is going to be interesting now and just – to see how that ultimately develops. I think right now it's going to be Peterson, Dantzler and Alexander with Breland kind of in that flex role. That's what it looks like right now, uh, but things can change there. And uh, as we've seen in just a week at camp, things can change quickly. Roster depth charts can be moved. Uh, who knows? A lot, lot still to be had, but I think it's important that a lot has kind of already happened too. I'm ready to solidify some predictions that I have based off of, not even practicing in pads yet, just kind of seeing, you know, Mike Zimmer's reaction, the organization's reaction, some of these things, uh, these factors that have not been factors in the past are influencing these decisions. And I think that, you know, a lot of these roster changes, a lot of these roster moves are going to be made with that knowledge. So something to keep in mind Mm -hmm. uh, moving forward here, but I think that's about all we got here. Is there any last piece that you got for me, any golf highlight or anything like that you want to share real quick?
1: I mean, well, I, I won the College World Cup this weekend. I don't know if nobody knows about that. I don't think you know about that even, but it's just well, a stupid, stupid like buddy's trip. I try to incorporate golf the show a little bit every yeah. once in a
0: while.
1: Fair <laughs> enough. I like that too.
0: <laughs> well, congratulations on that. I'd expect nothing Huge. less out of my knowledge of your golf game. So, uh, all right. Well, that's everything we got here for today's show. So, hopefully, we uh, told that line well enough for y'all and, uh, you know, kind of got, uh, got to a point where we can all have a, you know, a rational discussion. That's the hope here as always with this show. So, uh, thank you as always for listening. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, uh, wherever else you listen to your podcasts, we're available there as well. Uh, make sure to check out climbing the pocket. Everyone on the team is producing content, uh, whether that's audio video and written as well. Uh, so you can find that on the daily Norseman as well as us. And then if you like watching us on video, uh, you can see us on YouTube. Uh, we're available there. Uh for your viewing pleasure, if you will. Um, (laughs) But uh, that's all we got for you. So thank you for listening and we will catch you guys next week.